Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. Today is... January 29th, 2020, and we are here with another Keys to the Kingdom Bible study. Um, I am remembering a sister that I once knew as today is her Earth Day. Uh, she's no longer in my life, but um, we were very good friends, and I'm remembering her on this day. <clears throat> um, Anita Baker is born January 26. Today's the 29th, but Anita Baker, Anita Baker is born January 26. Unfortunately, that's the day that. Kobe Bryant passed away. So today we want to talk about lessons in Kobe empathy. Lessons in Kobe empathy. The reason why now sometimes we have these titles. Your brother chooses titles that may not seem like they're biblically related or um, what have you, but if you lend me an ear, you lend us an ear, you will hear that is, in fact, um, biblically related. I see our brother, our dear brother, E.K. Shalom, brother. Shalom, brother. How are you, sir? Uh, doing all right, brother. How about yourself? I'm decent. Um. You spoke on uh, Kobe earlier in, well, the day of, and let me try to lay this out. This is lessons in Kobe empathy. Um, Matter of fact, let me get the definition for empathy for those who may not understand what empathy is. Can you explain empathy, brother? Uh, Shalom, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, Empathy is really um, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and to uh, be able to understand what they may be going through and being able to get some perspective as to how they may be dealing with something that may be um, troubling to them and just basically recognizing that um, just extending some compassion to that individual but really it's really about being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes in terms of what they may be going through in terms of a difficult time and whatnot 
Very well put. Uh, I see we have Minister Shedrick on the line. Shalom, brother. Oh, you might be muted. Hold on one moment. Okay, you're no longer muted. Shalom, brother. Shalom, 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 brother. Okay. So, um, empathy, well, the brother really explained it very well. I'm going to read uh, miriam-webster.com. I'm going to read the definition. The action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another, of either the past or present, without having the feelings, thoughts, and experience fully communicated in an objectively explicit manner. Definition two, the imaginative projection of a subjective state into an object so that the object appears to be infused with it. So we are infused with the pain of losing Kobe. Negro America is a, a fused, infused with the pain of losing Kobe. Now, just bear with me, you all, because this is very relative to us as Hebrews, us as Israelites and, and scriptures. We are infused with this pain. I, I, I can speak for myself. I know that I was not a Kobe fan. I wasn't you know, necessarily against him or anything. But I feel the pain of the loss of Kobe. I feel the pain of the manner in which he and his daughter left us. So the horrific manner in which they left us puts that empathy within us. And if you see what's going on with Negro America, if you see what's going on, with America and the planet in general, there's a planetary loss of a great, talented young man. And we feel emotionally, this whole planet is feeling this loss. People are speaking out from all over the earth. Kobe had fans, he has fans all over the earth. I've never heard of anyone um, that was a sports figure that, you know, passed away in airplane, helicopter um, crashes or anything before. And this seems like the, at least the first one that I can remember in my lifetime. Now, there have been musicians that have passed away, um, like Richie Valens, who who passed away. Richie Valens is the one that made the song La Bamba and passed away in, in car crashes. Um, you know, we lost Sam Cooke to gun gunfire, Otis Redding, uh, airplane crash. But to remember uh, Kobe, I don't remember anyone that has passed away. And that's a sports figure. 
But nonetheless, I'm trying to express that we feel the pain of what it must have been like to perish in a helicopter, particularly with your daughter. So a lot of thoughts went through my mind. It's almost like I was there. I could see it. Was she reaching out for her father? Did she try to jump into the arms of her father? Did he try to reach for his daughter? Did he, you know, try to grab her or protect her? What could have taken place? I don't want to think too hardly about it because it it really can, it bothers me. Um, EK, what are your thoughts? Um, brother, yes, sir. Um, I, I share the same sentiment as you because, um, when I was a kid growing up, I practically, you know, watched Kobe Bryant grow up, you know, into who he became today. And when I was younger as well, I was, <laughs> I used to, <laughs> I used to hate on Kobe because he used to just beat all the teams that I that I was very fond of, like the Celtics, the New Jersey Nets, you know, the Pistons at times until the Pistons was able to beat them in the finals in 2004. And um, the San Antonio Spurs, you know, like those kind of teams. So I used to be like, man, what's oh, and uh, the 76ers, because I was a big Allen Iverson fan as well. And when he beat them in the finals back in 2001, and I was like, man, what, who is this Kobe guy? Like, who is this Kobe guy? And, and you know, in video games, it's like he was like, like the second replication of Michael Jordan. Like, he could not miss any jump shots. You know, you couldn't miss any free throws. And it was just like, man, like, who is this Kobe Bryant? And when I was a kid, you know, I didn't really appreciate him until I was a teenager in high school and in subsequent years after that, I was like, wow, this guy really, really is special. Like, he probably just carved out his own lane and made his own identity. And even though people may have tried to compare him to Michael Jordan, but you know, it was just more of what he was able to do that was so different in terms of his skill set and the accomplishments that he was able to, to to obtain. So, you know, over the years, I grew a, a profound respect for him and realized that, you know, he's really on this earth to do something special and great through his through his um, through his uh, basketball career. And then afterwards, you know, the the you know the ability to give back to to young kids and uh with his sports academy that he was doing and um being able to write um short films out of poetry and all these other different endeavors he was getting himself involved with and then um i had got a call on sunday uh uh, my mother had called me and said i had terrible news to tell you and i was like what happened and then she just said kobe Bryant is dead and i just I just was just in a lot of, I was very, very perplexed. I was like, Kobe Bryant? Like, I would never in a million years think that I would utter the sentence, Kobe Bryant is dead or Kobe Bryant was killed or Kobe Bryant has died. I never thought I would utter that sentence, so to speak. And I just said, wow, like, you know, I turned on the news and I saw all of the the news reports starting to come in. And then when I started hearing more people give their testimonies of how he impacted their lives and other lives of people, that's when it started to really hit. And then a few hours later, when they said that his daughter was involved, that's when it really hit me hard because 
I'm like, wow, like, he, his daughter, and they both was going to the game that he was going to coach. That's what's even more devastating because mm. it it wasn't like it was like an excursion or, or or vacation. It was like they were on their way to the game that he was coaching his daughter with, along with other families that was on board as well. So it just really, it really took me aback because it it, it just shows like, you know, how someone you know, meant so much to a lot of people. And even though over the years, a lot of people may have, you know, maybe not have been fond of him because he was just about his business. But one thing they can't negate was just his dedication and focus and commitment to his craft and just demanding the best out of himself. And that's something that, you know, outside of sports, is something that he really exemplified in terms of just staying dedicated and, you know, having a very supreme work ethic that you can achieve whatever it is you really put your mind to and you can accomplish whatever you want. And so for him to just, you know, for us to lose someone like that, it, it really, it really bothered me a lot, you know, that, that Sunday, because I, I just kept thinking like, now nah, this can't be real. Is this a hoax? Like, is this one of those things where somebody's just trying to do that just to get a, you know, all these, you know, un negative conspiratorial thoughts was in my head. And I was just like, man, like, you know, this can't be real. Like, you know, and so I, I, it was just really hard for me to digest. But then after a while, I started to, you know, take more of a, of an understanding that maybe this is something bigger than what all of us can see and appreciate. And just the fact that he made that profound impact and it stretched throughout the whole world, not that he's meant to be worshipped, but it's at least the fact that he can be acknowledged for a lot of the great things he did and, and admired and respected for a lot of the great things and contributions he made and showing that how, you know, the, 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 the type of legacy he left on the basketball court and just outside of the basketball court by giving back to the community and kids just really speaks volumes to who he was and just seeing how he left us like that really, really puts a, a, a dent in, in, you know, in memory with me at least. So that's what I got, brother. And I yield. Thank you for that, brother. Um, Very well put. Now this is lessons in Kobe empathy. Now, you would never think that by this title or by us leading with speaking about Kobe Bryant, that this would have anything to do with scriptures or tied into scriptures. I'm not saying that the Bible prophesied that Kobe Bryant was going to pass away in the helicopter. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are lessons. If you look at Negro America, if you look at, um, Donald Trump even spoke about it. Barack Obama spoke about the passing of uh, of Kobe Bryant. There is a certain loss that we all feel now will snap back into reality. And now listen to this verse in the scriptures. First Timothy chapter four. Now the spirit 
speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Listen to me. We should, as a whole, of Negro America be a thousand times more empathic if that's the proper way to say it. I don't know. We should feel a thousand times more empathy for the dying brothers and sisters of ours that are dying in the American streets at the hands of their own people gun violence, gang banging, drug abuse. But we don't. But when Kobe passes, we feel all Negro America is in the uproar. We all feel that pain. But we have become desensitized from the daily pain that they're reporting and they're reporting all over Facebook and everything. Negro women, young Negro girls are being kidnapped, disappearing every day. We are not expressing. We got Chris Paul who, who has to take a couple of games off because Kobe passed in the manner that he did, Kobe and his daughter. But yet, we have this happen every single day. See, there's, there's a lady, I don't even know her, her name. She works for the Washington Post. She made a comment about the rape case that Kobe had. She wrote, I guess she wrote it in the paper. During this time where we lose the brother in the manner that we do, ill-timed, but it shows it shows that we've departed from the basic um, moral principles when we lose a brother in that manner and then somebody says, oh, well, you know, you had a rape case. But here's the thing that I really want to get across about this. I really have felt that there would be some Hebrews that would come out and heap blame and shame and ridicule on Kobe Bryant and relate his past to this situation. Not having the empathy, being seared, having their conscience seared, not having the common decency to reserve comments. I haven't heard this, but I don't put it past some of our brothers. But I did find out about this thing in the Washington Post and what came to my mind is 
total disregard for the pain that the people are going through. Not only that, TMZ reports the death of Kobe against the wishes of the police. The police wanted to report this to the family members first. TMZ jumped the gun. Conscience seared. Not having the decency to 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 let them let the the, the family has to find out from TMZ. Whew, can you imagine? There's an absence of empathy when it comes to the everyday pain and what we are that we should be experiencing from what we're going through but what we are looking at with kobe should teach us a lesson in how we should conduct ourselves and how we should feel about the pain of our people and if we have real love we're going to feel some pain to see us suffer the way that we have and are going through. We ha- we should have some empathy for what we went through through the transatlantic slave trade. We should have some empathy and what we're going through in America today. Brother Minister Shedrick, what are your thoughts, sir? Hello. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Um, I, we were talking about this yesterday, and um, me and some of the brothers, and um, I expressed that, you know, I just, um, it is very sad to see that the brother, you know, lost his life so suddenly, you know, because, I, mean, I mean, he was barely in his 40s, you know, and um, for him to, um, for him to end up in the situation that he did, you know, it's unfortunate because um, I don't think any would, no one wants to, you know, perish in that manner. Unfortunately, you know, um, we can't foresee um, um, accidents like that, you know. Uh, nonetheless, um, one of the things that I, I noticed, um, as it always has been in this country, is this no this this notion by the media to kind of uh, um, propagate how people should feel about certain things and create certain different types of um, um, I don't know social socially engineered. Um, feelings about certain things. And why am I saying that? Because you spoke a few seconds ago about, you know, how is it that our people have so much compassion for this man? I mean, of which, I mean, he was an incredible person. I mean, he was, you know, not somebody that I, you know, was necessarily, you know, favored as much. I mean, I really wasn't in the sports, but nonetheless, I knew who he was because he's a household name. He, you know, if you were aware of uh, hip hop culture, uh, if you were aware of 
uh, quote-unquote black culture, you knew who he was in the household. I mean, everybody knew who he was. So, you know, it is a missing part of uh, the quote-unquote African-American community. However, you know, it's just really unfortunate that, you know, it took his death uh, and, like, Nipsey Hussle's death and, uh, you know, any other famous uh, high-profile, quote-unquote, black person's death for, quote-unquote, African-Americans to understand how important it is to have family and how and how important it is to love. You know, I, I don't, I've gotten uh, in some way I've become a little bit more numb to the whole aspect of, you know, um, approaching death or, you know, having people perish around me because in this country, it just seems that our death seems a lot more profitable to this country because um, you can shape people's opinions about certain things. You can get people to react a certain way. Once you get them in their feelings, you can, you know, you can create all, you can turn these people into idols. You can, tur- you know, turn them into T-shirts and hats and handbags and, you know, hmm. sell them on TV, uh, movies, documentaries. You know, these people become a product of the media industry in, in this country, and it's just sad, you know, that we don't, we don't take we don't take control of our empathy. We don't take control of our um, ability to empathize in totality. And what I mean is, we don't take the ability to say, you know what, a brother in our community died. Let's mourn our brother together. Whereas when a high-profile person perishes that we're aware of, then it's, you know, a parade, uh, um, some uh, holy cavalcade <laughs> or something like that, you know, being thrown um, to, you know, deify or idolize these people and disrespecting these people's death. You know, it's enough, you know, to you know, have the family lose somebody that they love, but then you turn them into an idol is even more is even more disturbing. You know, I just uh I've gotten out of the whole uh I just become a little bit more disgusted every day when I see certain things that the media does, you know, as they over sensationalize our death and that 'cause it seems like that's the only way they respect us is in death. You know, they don't respect us while we're living, but nonetheless, when this person dies, you know, he's the most respected person, you know, that they could ever love and this, that, and the other. Um, I just say that to say this. We have to learn how to love each other, and it shouldn't be conditioned upon a status. It shouldn't be conditioned upon what status you are in society, whether you can dribble a ball or you can, you know, twerk on a pole or you know, how many movies you played in or so so on and so forth, because there are people who have done many tremendous things in the community, and you wouldn't hear about them one time. Not even in death you wouldn't hear about them. But if we take back our ability to love each other, we can recognize the greatness that we all do and that it doesn't have to be, you know, a reactionary thing. Our, you know, Love for uh, our people don't have to necessarily be reactionary. It can just be something that is real. 
something that we we really truly do feel as opposed to these socially engineered uh, uh, empathizers, so to speak. You're good for one day or a week, and then after that, you don't hear any more about it. You know, um, that's just kind of my thought on it, brother, and I yield. Thank you so very much, brother. I, I like the way that you brought up their social engineering because these really are socially engineered and manufactured emotions. Now, I'm not saying that the, that the masses of people don't actually feel some type of loss because obviously they do. I mean, this was a great brother. He was very talented in a lot of different ways. He could speak multiple languages. He was very smart. He was a very good um, and, um, businessman, <clears throat> smart businessman. He had a lot of different uh, eccentric uh, tastes, but no matter how you look at it, I'm saying look at how the people are reacting. Kobe has crossed racial lines. There's no racism involved around well, I'm sure it is indirectly, but you know, nothing around how the people feel about him and about his loss. Why don't we take that and apply it to everyday life of our people and use that to be motivated to go and reach out to help someone else in your community? Devote a little bit of your time, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, to the elderly, to the, to, to the shutting and the sick, to the homeless. Devote a little bit of yourself to helping someone instead of sitting back, having your conscience seared, not being motivated to go out and do something about the, the condition that you see around you. I'm sure a lot of the people that are agonizing over Kobe, I'm sure if they could, they would go and give um, his wife and his children, his remaining children, hugs. My understanding is he has a newborn that was seven months old, if I understand that correctly. But I'm sure uh, uh, so many people, they, they will get millions of hugs and kisses um, from so many people. Why not take that same motivation and that same empathy and apply it to everyday life? Uh, Minister Lynn, uh, what's on your mind, sir? Shalom. 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 Yes, sir. Shalom. Yes, sir. I mean, I... I... <laughs> You know, it's crazy. I, you know, I'm kind of going through, I wouldn't necessarily say like emotions, right? But I mean, I've, I've had thoughts, um, you know, on what transpired. I mean, it certainly was unfortunate. Um, I mean, I personally, I would say it was, it was sort of horrific because I've read some of the reports where, um, 
the National Transportation and Safety Board was uh, speaking on um, the flight path for the helicopter and how, uh, you know, it, it, it seems that there may have been pilot error um, in the way that, that uh, you know, he was trying to maneuver to, to find a place to, uh, to land, <laughs> you know, once they figured out they were too low. And, um, you know, to me, that's just crazy because it, it's one thing to know that, you know, in the fullness of time, um, you know, we all have to transition, right? But it's something different. It's one It's one thing when you don't know and it just sort of happens by, like, nat, um, you know, natural causes. It's something completely different when, um, man... <laughs> You, you you know it's coming, right? And I gotta think during the time in that flight when um during the time in that flight when, you know, they the the, the pilot was trying to find a place to, to put down and you know, between the turbulence and flying in circles, you know him being the the type of guy that he appeared to be it's like he probably knew it, you know, and I got to think, it's like, man, you know, they have to go through that. Uh, you know, again, my my thoughts are, you know, really with, um, you know, with the family because, man, that was, that was, that was something else. But um, a few of the thoughts that I had just, you know, in the aftermath of all of that was, you know, and I and I always, always have to come back to this because I'm going to say I'm you know I'm not a racist, but I am a nationalist, and you know I understand you know the emotion that's been poured out towards um, you know this this man in this event, but you know as a as a community, you know as a um, as a people, you know we've had to endure. Tragedies, right? Um, definitely in in the forty one years that he was alive, that you know, I would say, you know, may have been even more pertinent to our to our identity, um, as well as you know our ability to to, to navigate, um, you know, in this. In this jurisdiction, that we didn't have, we we didn't have nearly um, the the same interest in, you know, and, and so to me, it's like you know, uh, I look at the situation with Eric Garner where you know, he got choked out, um, you know, on the streets, um, you know, for for trying to sell cigarettes, and you know. A number of uh, Jordan Davis, you know, from you know, from my hometown, right? And um, you know, so many other uh, incidents where, um, you know, it it, it would have been. I don't know. I just I, I think I just kind of looked at it as a kind of a gauge for, you know, where we are collectively, 
And, you know, you just would like to see us moving towards being, um, you know, operating, you know, as more of a collective for the empowerment of um, ourselves as a, as, a, as a body, you know, uh, and, and, you know, as individuals. You would like to see us moving towards that. And it's like when you have these issues of, of social injustice, um, and you know things of that nature. It's like you only have a limited amount of emo- of emotion to expand, right? So, to me, I think it's a mark of maturity to be able to apply that, you know, where it's appropriate. You know, again, not saying that you know you shouldn't have empathy for this situation. Not saying that. Um, you know, you're not going to experience some sort of emotion. But, you know, at the end of the day, Kobe, you know, he's done his thing and, and he's transitioned, you know, and where we are, you know, as a body of people, where we are as a collective, I mean, we we, we, we still haven't, um, you know, come together around these ideas that can be, I mean, so empowering. I mean, you look at you look at what folks are doing as far as like expending energy um, to quote unquote honor, you know, his memory, you know, honor his his legacy. And the thing is, is that you know, at, at, after it's all said and done, I mean, what are you really getting out of that? Um, you know, even down to you know, just understanding that one of the master tools for keeping uh, the people in a, in a daze and, you know, in, in, in twilight, so to speak, um, is just being raised to see everything through the, through the lenses of um, emotion as opposed to logic and reason, and particularly um, an overabundance of it. Again, not saying that you, you can't be emotional, but being overly emotional, um, you know, is, is more likely than not not a, not a, not a good place to be, especially when you're when you're in the public. And um, you know, just in in understanding that, it, it makes sense why you know everywhere you turn, every news outlet, um, anybody that's speaking, you know, any kind any type of social media, it's just been you know, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Um, because somebody recognizes that um, being able to tap into uh, the emotional produce of the population can actually um, be a purse. Somebody knows that, you know, so... They they make the investment in on ensuring that that um, that information gets out because it spawns a whole bunch of commercial activity. And so, you know, again, while I'm not trying to, you know, cheapen um, the, the perspective or, or offend anybody with respect to, you know, how they may feel about the situation, the fact remains that if we're going to put our our energy and our effort and our focus 
um, if we're going to apply that anywhere, it will behoove us to do that in a way that actually galvanizes us and brings us closer um, and brings us more into alignment as to be able to achieve our, our objectives. And I just think that that's, you know, that that's how we should be looking at it again, not, you know, trying to, you know, denigrate or um, dismiss, you know, what happened, but I'm just saying that there, there needs to be a renewed focus on us applying our energy or us spending our energy on that which benefits us. So I'll yield with that. Hello. Thank you for that, brother. I I get the point because whenever we lose someone, a loved one, a relative, um, whenever we lose someone, we get motivated to do things but you but sometimes that can spur us just spin around and go out very quickly let if you feel the pain of losing kobe let that motivate you to want to do more Because the things that came up in my mind were basic things like who were the ambulance members that showed up? Who were the the fire department, the firemen, the the doctors, the hospitals? Who controlled them? Who, Who owns them? Why does this type of thing come up in my mind? Look, we lost Dr. Martin Luther King. So now all these years later, we're hearing that he didn't die from the gunshot. He actually died while in the hospital. Then I think about Nipsey Hussle and how they they took him to the level of Jesus. How we took them, you know, our people. Could he have been Jesus? Was he a savior? This is really what we have a lot of our people were thinking. Let us take the loss of people, the loss of our ancestors, the pain that they suffered, And let it be some type of empathy that motivates us to be better and do better. And look at how all the people are responding to Brother Kobe and his passing. Look at how the people are responding, regardless of race, color, or creed. Look at the the outpour of love towards that brother. Brother E.K., so are you. Shalom, brother. Yes, sir. Um, you know, when you when you and, and Brother Lynn and Minister Sh- Brother Shedrick was all speaking on, 
your perspectives. Um, it's very interesting because, um, you know, just like what uh, with the book of James was saying, like, don't be hearers, but doers of the work, you know, and meaning, you know, in as much as Kobe Bryant was a prolific individual in his lifetime and the outpouring uh, sentiment about his passing is appears to draw people closer, but that energy still has to be redirected and channeled in more productive ways in just what we see in front of us on a daily basis. That means our families and that means our communities as a whole. Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, if what happened and what transpired with his passing doesn't, like you just mentioned, like galvanize us to want to do right, but doing right, not in vain, but actually sincerely do right, then we're getting somewhere. But if this is just something that is just a, uh, a you know, a, uh, a story that, you know, we hear about, we cry together and we re reminisce on the memories that he, you know, uh, of who he was and what he did, but not take any corrective action that actually is going to really sincerely impact our communities to say, you know, all this gun violence got to stop, you know, all these families that are losing loved ones to drugs and all these other different things got to stop, you know, that type of level of empathy, we still got to really redirect that into our own communities and within our own families because all of our family members are hurting one way or the other through all these traumatic experiences that, you know, that they've gone through personally. And so this should serve as a model of if, if one individual can make the whole planet cry at once, then if one of our family members gets into something that is an unpleasant experience or something that may reach the same magnitude of what happened with uh, Kobe Bryant, then that really should make us really sincerely look at ourselves and say, wow, like that old adage of life is short. True, but it's only short if we are not paying attention to the things that 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 really matter. And then when it when that does transition, we at least have made that peace with like, okay, this individual did whatever they was able to do. We was able to make that positive contribution to make sure that good things came out of their life experience and their life contributions versus there's a time where we don't connect, we don't think about it, but then boom, when something happens, all of a sudden we remember. And that can't be the narrative. And that's unfortunately to like Brother Cedric's point, like the social engineering aspect of these manufactured emotions that happen when something like this happens. And it's not to diminish what people are supposed to be going through because it's still warranted, but it still has to be directed towards, you know, this brother transcended racial barriers. And so if we think about what the Hebrew faith is really all about and what the universal law of love and respect ultimately is, it doesn't have any color. And so in as much as that is, we still need to know that even though preference is given to dealing with our people first, but that same empathy that that should extend outside of us, that no matter what your nationality is or, or, or racial background is, that same 
healthy love and respect should still be there, that we should still empathize when people are going through difficult times. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we just leave it there. And then just because someone is not, you know, someone is outside of you means that if something bad happens to them, that they just deserve it. And then you just turn that, that, that hate, that hateful shoulder towards them. So in a lot of ways, this, this, you know, this unfortunate passing of Kobe is really showing the world that one individual who is an Israelite by, by nationality, if you go that route, is was able to galvanize the whole entire world, regardless of their nationality, to, to show that universal love of what this man represented in their own personal lives. Never met him, never shook his hand. Some have, some haven't, but yet still have that same imprint. And so, needless to say, that same concept we should still be applying in our own lives, in our communities, et cetera, et cetera. So that way, at least the, the message of being empathetic and understanding what that means is still upheld and is really carried out. And with that, brother, you. Amen to that. Amen to that, brother. Let us be motivated to love one another, to love our brothers and sisters. I mean, of course, we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, you go up and try to intervene in, in a criminal act or, you know, but love those who are worthy of your love. I mean, love those who aren't worthy, but I'm, I'm saying love in the form of an action, you know, not just tears. Not just emotional pain. How about and how we treat and respect one another? How about that? How about we love through our treatment of one another with respect, concern, genuine concern, um, Minister Shedrick? Yes, sir. Um, I'm just, I was, um, I saw something yesterday um, while everybody was still in shock with the um, whole Kobe aspect. And um, there was some, I will say this. I realized that sometimes death can bring out the, can bring out the good and the bad in people. Because this is whether there were people praising Kobe, there were people who were actually like joking about this man's death. That would, you know, uh, there was a situation obviously where um, um, a reporter, she got, you know, called out um, by numerous um, um, uh, people who, you know, uh, pursued the media. Uh, she got called out because she, she uh, said something um which I still do believe is scripted, nonetheless, um, in regards to Kobe um, or the Lakers and um, the quote-unquote racial impotent. But aside from that, I also saw something else that was really disturbing where someone actually was like, why did they have to take Kobe and his daughter? Why didn't they just take Beyonce 
and her ugly husband. Mm. And I was just like, you know, this mm. is just like at some point you have to think in your mind that you hear somebody just passed away. Regardless of how you feel about him, like show some respect for the dead. You know, like show some kind of respect for the dead. And don't get so beside yourself that you just, you know, you wish death on other people because it's not warranted. But I say that to say this. This is why I was saying that when we are having these, um, when we're having these situations where people in our community are passing um, and uh, the media says, oh, this person is dead, um, we're going to mourn. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, I mean, well, some people mourn and then some people just went haywire. You know, we have to learn, again, like I said, we have to learn how to control our emotions and we have to learn how to see each other and show each other the same respect all across the board despite where we are in society because, you know, one of my models is this. I try to show everybody the same level of decency because you never know. You could be walking into the Christ. You could be talking to the Christ the day or tomorrow, and you would never know because we have this idea that, you know, the more money you have and the better your status is, the more, you know, the more respect you deserve. And I, I understand why it does come off that way because society has always been engineered that way. And, you know, society has, society has always and this isn't just American society. This is just the way that government works, ancient and contemporary, where we place value on, you know, status. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the rich are favored more than the poor. But aside from that, in our community, we have to learn how to, when it comes to empathizing with, with people, we have to learn that it shouldn't be conditional. It has to be real, and it has to be something that can be uh, um, that can be expressed in many different ways, as opposed to well, let's all go and cry, and let's all wear our you know wear our uh, hoodies, or go and get some you know uh, uh, some Skittles and tea, uh, or let's go get a Lakers jersey, or let's go and you know create a big mural. I mean, there is other ways that we can empathize with our people um, outside of the way that this country wants us to, you know, be able to deal with each other. Like, let's stop allowing this country to give us a religion. (laughs) Let's stop allowing them to give us a death culture. Like, we have to own our, we have to own our culture. If that's what we, quote, unquote, you know, we're doing it for the culture, we got to learn how to own our culture. And it can't be something that's advocated by TV and radio and all this other different stuff. When Kobe died, we all should have said, you know what? I I, 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 I see that. I receive it. I understand it. I'm a mourn. And then, you know, brother next to me, I love you, sister. I love you, mother, father. I love you. I saw something that was really good in all of this, though. Uh, T.I. reached out to his daughter, you know, and he, 
it, it regarded the situation of, you know, sharing his condolences with Kobe, he reached out to his daughter and just was saying how much he loved her, and he was like, hey, you know, please forgive me for any pain that may have caused you. And that's the type of stuff that, you know, we're we're speaking about here because, again, it has to be genuine, and it can't just be rest upon somebody's status because I got a feeling the way that our people work, we'll be good and crying for three whole days or maybe a week, and then before you know it, bam, we right back to, you know, I hate my baby daddy, I hate my baby mother, I can't stand my mom, I can't stand my dad, screw my brother, screw my sister, and it shouldn't be that way. It really should not be that way. Um, uh, like I say, we just got to learn how to own our love for each other, and we shouldn't allow other, we shouldn't allow pagan Gentile nations to be in control of our emotions and feelings. Because when they are able to control your emotions and feelings, they are able to control the way that you think and manipulate the way that you think. I mean, so much to the point where you can start creating conspiracy theories. This was just right up the media's alley, you know, to uh, have, you know, people to mourn the loss of Kobe and then take his death and not being, con- you know. Are you there, brother? Sounds like the brother might have dropped off or something. Um, if you understand the point of this, let me talk about just briefly. When we were living our best lives, lives as Hebrews, when we were living our best lives as Israelites, we always had concern. Go ahead, brother. You dropped off for a moment. Go ahead. Are you there? <laughs> yeah. They, Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I apologize, brother. Um, real quick. Um, we, you know, have this this thing where we create all these different conspiracy theories, and it works for the media because it gives them the opportunity to, you know, capitalize off of this, off our hurt and off of trying to figure out, you know, how to deal with the death. But aside from that, I mean, it's just my take on it. It's not written in stone. I just think that we just have to learn how to be more in control of our uh, feelings and our thoughts when we, you know, when, we did, when we're grieving, so to speak. I yield. Yes, sir. Definitely. Very well put. Very um, point well taken. Um, I was saying that when we are being the best servant of the Most High Almighty that we can be, we feel the pain of those who suffer unjustly, or at least what what appears to be to us unjustly. We feel the pain of others. We are sympathetic. We are empathetic. We are respectful to all peoples. We are not racists. We are not bigots. We do not dislike people because of the color of their skin, because of their color, 
race, or creed. We do not like dislike people because of that. But we have such a hard time. Just, just a male-female relationship. Just respecting one another and treating one another with decency. We, ch- we are challenged with this. Her conscience is seared to where we are okay with mistreatment and maltreatment and backbiting. There, and if you can hear me, we can't hear you. you? You can't hear me. Can anybody hear me? I can hear you, brother. Okay. Could you hear me the whole time? I hear you the whole time. Okay, so hopefully, Shedrick, uh, you can uh, hear, but we need to look and get a lesson from how we see people conducting themselves over the concern of Kobe and the loss. I mean, we got people coming together and treating one another with love and respect. We got people crossing the racial barriers. We have all these beautiful things, but how long will it last? Like all this empathy that we had for Nipsey Hussle, was it genuine? Because a month after he was gone, nobody's even talking about him or the works that this great man did while he was on the, the, the face of the earth. Are they continuing his works? Mr. Lynn, it's on you, sir. Brother Lynn, are you there? We are approaching with three minutes, three minutes to the hour. Because we normally um, go an hour, and sometimes we go over an hour, Um, I just wanted to take this time out to acknowledge Brother Colby and to put on our minds that we can learn from the empathy that we are feeling for Colby and apply it to our people. So hopefully you all got something out of this. We will be back again next week. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening. Shalom. Shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.